Welcome to the Reframe and Rewire podcast. This podcast is designed to equip and inspire you with the science behind real change and stories of those who did. I have with me today Jill Day, and she's a phenomenal person. Actually, we're going to talk about single parenting today. She's a senior human resource business partner for Gordon Food Service, and we'll be hearing her story about how she reframed and rewired in just a few moments. First, I want to talk a little bit about this show and who I am. I'm Michelle Steffes. I'm the founder and, I, and CEO of IPV Consulting. I've also been a speaker, corporate trainer, and author for a number of years and have over 10,000 hours of studies in neuroscience, physiology, and human behavior, leading me to write the book, Your Journey to Greatness Through Routine. We're going to pull a little bit from the book today, so I want to talk about cognitive restructuring. But before doing that, for any of you that have not joined us before on this podcast, just a quick briefing on what neural science and neurophysiology is. So basically you have 100 billion neurons in your brain, so you have since you were born, and 400 billion actions per second of electric energy that, that is firing off in your brain as you think thoughts. You're growing neural networks and neural pathways that form those networks. So with cognitive restructuring, it's a method in which you can use to rewire those networks. So I have uh, the, the chart inside the book here, and I just wanna show you real quickly how this works. I don't know if you can see it with the camera, but in the first section, this is something that you can do on your own. In the very first section here of this chart, you can just have a line piece of notebook paper and do this as well. You wanna write down the problem, the issue, or the situation that you're having. And then in the second one, you write down any thoughts that you're having about that situation. So real honest, raw thoughts about it, whether they are upset you know, or, or anger or resentment, whatever it might be. And then you pull yourself out of your own skin for a minute emotionally, and you think about it objectively as to how you might approach that situation if it wasn't you, okay? So you're gonna be your best coach or consultant at this moment and think about it. You write that down. Then from that, that data, you're gonna write in the last column, you're gonna write, how you could respond positively. Now, this isn't really as complicated as it might sound. In fact, the more that you do it on paper, the more that you'll be able to do it in your mind. In fact, you'll learn how to do it in a split second. So the more that you train yourself, and it really does take training and practice to do things like this because we don't normally think that way. But when we become very intentional about our thoughts from the time we open our eyes in the morning till we close them at night, and we are spending time doing things like cognitive restructuring with every situation and circumstance. Over time, we not only rewire our brains, but the old thoughts, those old wiring, the old neural networks, if you will, end up falling off. And now you can start to work in the new neural networks that you're forming and building. That's what reframing and rewiring is about. But it can come with many other benefits, including cognitive consonance versus dissonance. Now, cognitive consonance is when your heart and your mind are in agreement. And your heart has 40,000 specialized neurons in it that are so powerful, they're actually 100 times stronger electrically than those of, that's in your brain. And they're 6,000 times stronger magnetically, which is why they can use a defibrillator on your heart. So without getting too technical with medical stats and so forth, what I'm trying to say to you is that your heart and your head are always communicating with those neurons. And when you are in a situation where you're not in agreement in your heart, that's when you feel kind of ill-confident or awkward. 
So a good example of that would be, say, a leader. A leader might have the head knowledge and have a master's degree in, in you know, many forms of leadership. And in his mind, he knows what to do, he or she. But in their heart, they're questioning, second-guessing themselves, uncertain, you know, doubting, beating themselves up all the time. That's that cognitive dissonance. So what we want to do is create the consonants. And we can do that through cognitive restructuring, but other methods that I hope to share in future podcasts. So hopefully that gives a little bit of tips for you, a little bit to start on as far as constructing those new neural networks and helping you to have the future that you want. So the purpose of this show is to empower you with these scientific methods and then, of course, provide incredible stories, which leads me to introducing officially (laughs) Jill Day. Again, Senior Human Resource Business Partner for Gordon Food Service. I've known Jill for about seven years. Welcome, Jill, to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So wonderful to have you here. It's a joy. (laughs) So Jill, I asked you on the show because I work with so many single parents who struggle balancing work and life. I'm sure you can identify with that, right? A little bit. (laughs) You have impressed me as a mom who has learned to take time for both. And I know your girls, and I know (laughs) that they're very successful, and you sent them off to college, which is amazing. So we have a lot to talk about today and give hope (laughs) to some people out there who may be struggling as single parents. So my first question for you is, how long have you been a single parent? You know, they think the years have run together a little bit, but um, we officially separated, I think, when the girls were three and four. So it's been over 15, 16 years. I don't know the official date. I don't keep that in my head, but longer than than uh, not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my girls are now, Natalie is 19, about to be 20, wow. and Elizabeth is 18. And That's they're remarkable. both in college out in Los Angeles and, and living their dream. So well adjusted and successful. They are. They are. They they are amazing. And beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think I have pictures. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we probably don't have time for well, that. Well, we might. We might. <laughs> so uh, I know that you've saved and invested in their education. So how did you manage this as a single mom getting to that? Yeah, so I wanna be real clear, I'm not uh, I'm not all perfect in this space and and every day you know is an adjustment of learning and and I saved a little not enough but a little and I've managed to really make sure that that remained a priority and I've put some things together and have done some um, uh, outside gigs outside of my daily uh, job to try and help supplement that in order to make that work for them and and uh, we're really close this semester to being uh, debt-free for wow. college instead of taking out a loan. We can't promise that'll happen every semester, that's but fantastic. that's certainly our goal, right? Yes. So, so far, so good. And yeah, we're really fortunate. And the girls have done a great job on their part of scholarships and the things that they have contributed. And uh, it's all been uh, quite a opportunity of community and friends and outside opportunities to help make that happen. That is excellent. I love that. So they definitely are chip off the old block. (laughs) I think they've taught me more than I've taught them. (laughs) That does happen with parenting. I've I've often felt like they raised me in many (laughs) ways. I can say that too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you said a couple of things that I want to point out. Okay. You said you made it a priority. Right. And you know what? That's so key. I see so many people want to, mm-hmm. you know, and they they really have the right heart about it. But until you make it a priority, how did you do that? Well, I refuse to allow my bad choices and mistakes of the past to dictate their future. I just, that's not, 
an option for me. And I think one of the joys of being a single parent is I get to make that call. I get to decide that that is my priority. I think if I were to sit down with any other single mother, I would say, don't let anybody else decide what's important to you. You need to decide what's your priority, what's important to you. I chose college and I chose my girls as my priority. That doesn't make somebody else's business aspirations, you know, not right. That's right, right for them. That was right for me. Correct. So I bypassed some some promotions that would have taken me outside of Grand Rapids, but I didn't want to take them away from their dad. And and I think establishing the fact that they get to have their dream now, I had my chance, this is their opportunity. And I, there will be nothing that will stand in the way for me to help make that happen for them. No matter what the sacrifice is, that's, that's on me, right? I'm happy to do this for them. It's really a privilege actually to help them get through this next phase in life because the way they honor me with every choice that they make and how they're living out their lives and the way they're taking hold of the opportunity and experiencing it has been truly rewarding for me. I mean, that's the best payoff, right? (laughs) To see your kids um, enjoying their lives and and fulfilling their own dreams. And for me, that's what's important for me. It may not be important for the next person. That might be something else. But but that was our little family, and that's what we've decided. And so. you did it. Well, so far, so good. <laughs> I, I have four years to go. <laughs> so what would you say has been some of your biggest struggles along the way, Jill? So as a, as a person and as a mom, I think the things, and, and you know this well because I'll never forget the first outreach you had for me was, what are your goals in the next 12 months and how can I help you? And I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting, because I had just set some pretty lofty goals for myself. <laughs> and and I always had this experience inside my mind of, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Somehow I'm not going to make this happen. I hadn't seen things really come to fruition. I would start and stop. It's like the great um, craftsperson, right? They've got 50 unfinished crafts. So I kind of felt like that about my life in some ways. And, uh, and and I think a lot of it stemmed from some of these things that were old patterns wiring. of thinking and my yes. old wiring of my brain that really contributed to fear and self-doubt and self-degradation. I, if, if you knew what I said to myself in my mind, you would have called Child Protective Services on oh, for my head, right? I yeah, just was yeah. very cruel. Beating up on yourself. Right. And that not appropriate, not serving anybody and certainly not serving my children in their dreams, right? So... Um, having met you and having the opportunity to learn some of this functionality, it's still a daily thing. It's Always not like be. I it's not like I wake up every morning and everything's unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> it's like this morning I didn't sleep well last night. I was excited about this opportunity and I'd been putting a lot of thought into it and so I didn't rest as well, but I still get up at the same time. And it's those routines that really help me. So the making of the bed and as I'm doing that I'm I'm talking in gratitude about all that I've been given. I have been given an incredible amount through friends and other resources to support me in this effort. I have nothing but gratitude for my life. And so you you spend your time, you think on those things, and you start to speak out. I am able to pay for my girls' college. I'm successful at work. I have good relationships. I'm trustworthy. All the things that I used to say in a negative way, now I have started to say more in a positive way to turn that around. 
that is a journey every day. And there, my friends the closest to me who will see this video will be like, well, that wasn't Sunday, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that would be true. I mean, I have my moments We're and I have, have them. Jill. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is forgiveness of ourselves and a, and a reality of this is who I am, but this is who I want to be and speaking life instead of death. And I think for me, that's my biggest thing. Uh, I don't want to live in victim land. I want to live in a land where I am free and can really pursue those passions, not only for me, but for my girls and and help teach them the same principles. And they roll their eyes at me a little bit still with the whole, <laughs> you know, gratitude discussion, but they, they live there too. So yeah. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Wow, you you even answered my next question. Sorry. No, no, that's awesome. I love it. So you know you you have learned how to reframe and rewire on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. and you know that is something that we're going to have to do the rest of our lives. It's, yeah. it's never going to stop because you always have the temptation to go back and think thoughts that are not so helpful right. to ourselves. The stories we tell ourselves are a reality, and yeah. and uh, I. I was exhausted when I met you of having uh, the reality I didn't want. And so it's been a real privilege to have achieved some of the most precious things to me over the years. And, and of course, the most important thing for me ever has been Natalie and Elizabeth, you know, so. That is awesome. Yeah. And thank you for your kind words about our time together. <laughs> They've uh, been very rewarding. Never expect sure. the plugs, but I always <laughs> appreciate them. That's great. <laughs> So how do you think that this change has affected you personally, professionally? How about even physiologically? Yeah. So I, other than last night, I typically sleep a lot better, right? That, that routine, that whole process of, of establishing good boundaries for myself that are healthy and wise, making sure I'm moving my body, making sure I'm spending time in thoughtful meditation and reflection. I have a journal that I write in and... And in that, it says things like, I keep my promises, I am financially free, I have paid for my girls' college. I love it. Things like that. And I, I, I ponder those things. Um, I might be getting off your question a little bit, but I think how, I, how I've applied that professionally is, you know, in the professional world, you often find people who are able to get to that next level. And it took me quite a while to get to that next level. But it was actually an intentional choice for me to stay where I was because I really needed that time to really be the mom I wanted to be. Um, They were my number one priority and my next turn for my next step in my career came shortly after they went to college. I just got that promotion and that was perfectly timed. Imagine if I was trying to do that as a new single mom, the way I'm wired, that may not have been a success. a success as it might be now, right? So um, it has, this whole rewiring, I think, has given me a little bit more lift in thinking of the possibilities and daring to dream again. Uh, that's a big thing it for me and thing. my girls. I really preach this to them, that you have to dream big. And if you want a big life, you've got to dream a big life. And that will give you the hands and feet to move towards that going to have days where they're calling me going, mom, I can't get through this test today. I don't know what to do. And we talk it through, right? But we all have our moments, but without having the dream and without putting your feet towards that dream, you won't ever get there. That is so true. And so that for me, I think has become a new kind of, I feel like I've gone back. I can tell you when I was three, I dreamed really big. (laughs) And then something happened in there where the dreaming stopped for whatever reason, doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. But now to come back and be like, what's possible? I can do 
anything. I can go anywhere. I can be something else if I decide that's in the right right uh, timeline for me. So, I love that. Yeah. That is so amazing. I hope I answered your question. Oh, you definitely okay. did. You definitely did. I love the quote by Les Brown. It says, shoot for the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Absolutely. For and sure. that really yeah. is how we have to live. And, you know, and to those of you that have, do not de- dream big, because maybe you're afraid of disappointment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're missing out on some of the best possibilities that you could be achieving. Because it isn't about being perfect. It's about trying your very, very best and then celebrating what you yeah, have accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you're yeah. doing. I love that, Jill. For sure. That's yeah. phenomenal. When I made it halfway through the semester payment, you know, I called the three or four friends who have been really supporting me through this and and just made the announcement. I mean, there was such rejoicing in the halfway mark, you know, and and now we're nearing the finish line and how exciting that is, too. So It is exciting. That's, oh, you have some good stuff. I love it. <laughs> So just this year, we just talked about your promotion a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So advice that you would share with single parents who want success Mm -hmm. but struggle with the balancing act. So here's my, I'm old, so I can say I have wisdom. (laughs) Oh, yes, I am. But um, whatever is right for you is right for your kids. And don't let somebody else dictate what your priorities are. That has to be your decision. Many people would tell me, you know, you need to make sure your house is clean and orderly. And I'm a very, a little bit OCD. So I I can tell you stories of all the Barbie dolls and the nice little neat drawers that I put together for them to put shoes in one drawer and coats. And that lasted for 30 seconds. (laughs) Same is true of my professional life. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to move across the state and earn a significantly more amount of money than what I am making now but it would take them away from their father. That was a priority for me, even as a single parent, to make sure that they still had both of us. But it might not be true for someone else. So you have to really think about yourself. What is your need? And if it's fulfilling you and if it's the right thing for you, and I'm not talking selfishness. I'm talking about distinct priority of right now, my heart and mind needs to be where I can go to every musical and every soccer game and every cheerleading thing, whatever, or band competition. (laughs) That was big for us. And so I didn't need the big career part. I could wait on that until my time could be divided more appropriately. And so it was right for me, and therefore it made it right for them because I was in order instead of trying to be what the world might tell me I needed to be in order for success and what that might look like. I could really focus on what was success to me, and that was being with my kids and, and being my mom cognitively consonant with yeah for sure mind, rather than having that unrest in your spirit that you weren't doing the right thing yeah and I struggled with that sometimes sometimes I thought I should be farther along now and intern who worked for me was um, elevated quickly and is now a, a chief people officer for her company and she's 30 years younger than me and I'm thinking I could have been that doesn't Can't matter compare. it doesn't matter I rejoice at my success which was being their mom and being a professional what i would also tell you is that company that you're working for honors and respects the fact that you're a mother and you're a mother before you're an employee that said um, don't worry about trying to fit into what everybody else is doing think about what you can do and contribute all in be your 100 percent best that you can be at work but allow yourself the freedom and flexibility to have a bad day or a good day 
and amidst that whole motherhood um, season of your life because they're they're little for this long yes and the the time that they need you is big and you'd think that it was when they're younger and I think my girls actually needed me more emotionally I would agree when they hit 13 than they did you know before that time um the, and so, again, you have to make sure that you're thinking through what's really right for you. And if what's right for you is the corporate ladder, great. Make sure you're dividing that and being emotionally available for your kids because they need you so much. I, I remember looking into Natalie's eyes once, and I was in a big rush. And I thought, she's just annoying me. And But I stopped long enough to look, and she taught me in that moment that what she needed right then was for me to drop anything else. Nothing else was important. She just needed me to be eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And she had something really important to tell me, and she shared it with me, and and it was a burden on her heart, and she was able to get that off, and we were able to talk that through. What if I hadn't stopped? Mm-hmm. What if I had said, I'm on, a ch- I'm on a clock, I need to go? It was worth being 10 minutes late where we were headed. It was worth me putting the briefcase down and just getting that moment with her. She may never remember, but it was a moment where – she and I had respect for one another yeah. and really uh, sensed her need. And I would say as a mom, make sure you are looking in their eyes and worrying more about their needs than the needs of the company. Because the company will replace you tomorrow if you leave. Mm. Your yes, children will point. need you forever. So true. Yeah. Well said. Jill. And they have, they have just honored the result of that kind of love and care. And they've been the same for me. Yeah. They'll sneak in and put an arm around me when they just see I'm struggling just that much, Aww. you know. And and I think it goes both ways it when you have that around. kind of relationship, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. That's fantastic. Some very wise words. So in terms of day-to-day and obstacles that every mm-hmm. parent faces, whether they're single or not, um, but especially if they're single, how do we overcome those both intrinsically and extrinsically? So I think the thing is to keep in mind – Um, your routine. So for me, it's about making sure I'm carving out time for myself. Um, I took full advantage of the weekends that they were with their dad. And that was self care time. That's when I got my nails done when I got my hair cut when I went out with my girlfriends, I didn't take a lot of time to do that when I had them because I only had this much time with them. Um, And but it was important for me to keep that in order. And it was important to start my morning with making sure I was organized for the day, making sure that I wasn't rushing around at the last minute. That became a big need for me. Um, I'm a little more on the creative side, so organization isn't my strength. So making sure I had things ready the night before or early in the morning before anybody got up made a significant difference in balancing um life and myself and making sure I was giving enough to myself because if you're not putting into you if you're not getting your needs met you can't meet the needs of your kids you can't, and you'll be so wiped out mm-hmm. and that's whether you're married or single right <laughs> True. and so taking time for your friends and taking time for yourself is really a significant thing and it really helps your kids know that the world doesn't revolve around them mm-hmm. I might have painted a picture like they had me on like some little string and they just swung me around at <laughs> at will. That's not true at all. They were very respectful of the fact that sometimes mom needed some mom time. In fact, Saturday mornings, they weren't allowed in my room. They weren't allowed to wake me up till nine o'clock. They could come in 
and snuggle with me and everything like that. But the night before, I would put their little yogurt and their little cereal bowls and their juice boxes. (laughs) And when they were five and six, I just taught them, you are welcome. The TV was set for whatever. I think it was Disney Junior. They didn't have a remote to change, so they couldn't get into trouble that way. Uh And, you know, for the half an hour that it was going to be between them getting up and me getting a little bit more time to myself, it was kind of a fun little thing. And inevitably, they would end up in my bed talking to me about what we were going to do that day. I learned that from my older sister, who did that with her daughter. Uh-huh. And it, those moments can be some, so welcoming. Cherished. But it gave me yeah. and gave them an opportunity to understand that people have boundaries. People have needs. Yeah. Your mom is one of them. Yes. And um, it's not always a perfect world, but certainly that was our intentionality together. That's fantastic. I think they learned to respect those things for me. More wise words. Thank you so much, Jill. So uh, anything else that you want to cap this off with and final words, uh, any uh, thoughts about your success, your professional uh, life um, as a mom? And I know your kids have moved now into another state, right? Mm-hmm. They're in California. They're in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be hard to release them too, right? I just want to go there. It's warmer. <laughs> yeah, we might have an excuse now, yeah. right? So any final words before we finish out? I think if I could say anything is um, taking time out to really understand who your kids are. We ask a lot of our kids Mm -hmm. and things that we wouldn't even be able to accomplish on our own. Be patient. Take time to listen. And when they signal that they're upset about something, take a minute. Find Mm -hmm. out the real reason why they're probably not trying to annoy you. They're probably trying to tell you something that's very important. Yes. And um, at work, I would say don't bring family to work. Don't make the excuse that you're a single mom and that's why you need off every afternoon. Make sure you're contributing everything that you can at work Mm -hmm. and your work will return the favor and say, of course, yeah, take that half hour off and go see that little concert or, or go have lunch with your daughter. They will respect that in return. And, and, uh, I think bringing into the work world, the patience that I learned from my daughters to give them, I've learned to give that inside of the office in so many ways. So patience with myself and with others and knowing that we're all on some sort of journey that is invisible to one another. I think you posted something a couple of days ago. You know, you don't know what someone else is dealing That's with. Right. Be kind until you figure it out. That's right. And being relatable to people and respectful of who they are is a winning combination both as a mother and as a professional, for sure. And that's definitely part of reframing and rewiring on a consistent basis because we meet a lot of crappy people here and there. Well, (laughs) we tend to take it so personally, right? We can't do that. Yes, absolutely. Not always about us. (laughs) That's right. Well, this has been fabulous, Jill, and thank you so much for your words of wisdom for 15 years. Yeah. I was a single parent. That's pretty incredible, and (laughs) so enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining us again. We'll be back on December 18th.